Sorry, that's what happens when you live in Richmond and you try to get on the highway and the ramps all got closed because of black ice. So I'm scrambling to get everything set up today. So anyways, uh, welcome to joining us in today's service. And uh, for for those who are uh, in Sunday children's Sunday school, uh, you may go and join the teachers at the back and parents, you may pick up your kids afterwards at 11 in, uh, in the basement downstairs. So once again, thank you for joining us for the last worship service of 2017. And as I was preparing for today's message, I was trying to think of what are some things that people usually think about when they come to this time of the year. And usually the first thing that people tend to talk to each other about, especially if you're in fellowship or in some community groups, you will usually have a sharing time talking about New Year's resolutions. And this sometimes is a time where people go and share about their experiences and how they are energized about something that they want to change or transform for the New Year. But it's also a time when you come into a sense of discouragement or embarrassment, thinking, oh, yeah, I try to be more fit or I try to get um, some sort of bad habits of the way. But by February or March, you already forgot what you're trying to set out to do and you end up falling back into those ways. And even for the past two, 3,000 years, things have not changed much. If you look at today's passages, Today's passage in Joshua, you realize that the same struggle happened to the Israelites when they were going around in the desert figuring out where God's plan is next for them. And so, a little background as to what's happening in Joshua 1. So, this is a time when um, Joshua took over from Moses to become the leader for the Israelites. And back in the day, they, they were still wandering for 40 years around in wilderness. And that's because of a story that we heard of in Exodus where there were spies being sent out into the land of Canaan trying to see who these people are that they need to fight in order to capture the promised land that God has given us, given them. But the problem was the spies came back and most of the spies were mentioning that these people are strong and big and there's no way they can defeat them. And so these people hesitated and decided that, oh, let's not do this so hastily and, and, and think twice before we risk our lives trying to, to, to take over this land. And as a result of their unfaithfulness to God, God punished them to be in the wilderness, wandering around, but never allowed to set foot in the land of Canaan for a whole generation. And so now we come to this time where Joshua, who is the oldest one in the next generation, took over and God told him that, 
the time has come for the Israelites to go and cross the Jordan River, this river that marks the boundary of this land that God has promised them. And so expectations were really high because people have waited their whole lives just to get to this moment. And it's kind of like the the analogy of when when back in the day when you were kids or even when you weren't born, you heard of this movie trilogy that people were raving about and ever since the movie trilogy ended there were no there were no mentioning that there will be new ones coming out. And so so you have people who are much older telling you this it was so good and all that, but then as a kid you wouldn't know. And then the next thing you know they decided to have a seventh episode that came out. And people got so excited because of all the past memories and all the disappointments from the earlier ones. And, and they're hoping that this new one will be better. And so it's kind of the same kind of hype, if not more, that these people who are stuck without a house and they were just in this hot and dry and there's nothing to look at, weather and tents that they have to pitch and take down as they move around, that they finally can have a place that they can call home. And they're so anxious when this, ha- this day finally came. But at the same time, they also remember their, their elders reminding them back then that these are people that they have to fight that are really strong and there's a chance that we may actually get killed trying to take over this land. And so the burden came into Joshua's hands. Imagine if you're that leader where all the attention, all the expectation is put on you trying to figure out, okay, so I have to lead all these anxious and rebellious people into this fight. And what if they don't listen to me? What am I going to do? Then nothing's going to happen. And then we might really get wiped out. And so when Joshua is in this juncture, God reassured him that even though this seems to be something that looks impossible, he told Joshua to to go and be strong and courageous. To go as a leader, be strong and courageous. And in the whole tradition of the whole people of Israel, Whenever they read the Torah, which is the first five books that we have in the Old Testament, they would finish reading these books, and then there's usually a ritual or a kind of like a chant that they, they, they sing or they say as a congregation, which literally translates to be strong, be strong, and let us be strengthened. Be strong, be strong, and let us be strengthened. And this is... This kind of strong is not the kind of strong that we expect, kind of like people who do powerlifting, where they go and they hold onto some heavy weights and then they have the power to lift it up and they can fight bears with their bare hands or something crazy. But when the Bible said to be strong and courageous, it's more of a mental kind of psychological sense where strong in your willpower, strong in your dependency on one another, and strong in your trust 
in the Lord. And which is why even much later on, when you look at different cultures, when they look at the word courageous, you know that this comes from the Latin root, means the heart. Courage, the root word of courage comes from the word heart. It's more so about your mental capacity. And even in the same word in Hebrew, strength and courage are closely related. And so when God told Joshua to be strong and courageous, it's not so much about be physically strong and go beat up these Canaanites in, in the land of Canaan, but rather be strong, that even though in difficulties or times where you have doubts, strong in your faith, that this God who has carried you through out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and into this land, would be the same God that would deliver you into the land of Canaan and to give you this promised land for your generations to come. And so, as we look at the idea of strong and courageous, thus we think about the year, the year that we have just passed us. And arguably, a lot of people would say 2017 is one of the the not-so-good years in their past memories with politicians and leaders that might have disappointed us or in, in the different kind of disasters that have happened or in even as a community we have witnessed a lot of different incidents where we are very sorrowful or we were uh, just frustrated with. But in the same time, these are part of our memory DNA in this church. They have been embraced by us now that this is one of our paths. And even for these Israelites, when they look back as they are about to cross the Jordan River, they remember that these are now part of history to them, that in the midst of all these frustrations and sorrows or even them angering and disappointing God themselves, that God was still there to be with them. And so now um, I would like to ask the worship team to come up and we'll be singing a few more songs together. And if you don't realize on the bulletin as you read these, uh, these song titles, these are actually songs that were most sung as, a con- as our congregation together in 2017. And this is what the, wor- uh, the worship ministry called them earlier, the, the best hits of VCBC in 2017. And so... As we're singing these songs together, let's come to a time of reflection to think about um, what has 2017 been for you so far up to the last day? How has God been around? Or how have things that happened to you uh, have meaning to your life? And at the same time, if you look at the story of Joshua, you realize that as they crossed the Jordan River, Joshua actually told the, the different 12, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel to go and carry a stone and to set up a monument in remembrance of what has happened during the crossing of the Jordan River. And we'll explain more about what that means later on today. But right now, we also have a little an activity prepared for you. 
So you saw me carrying those um, baskets, and in the baskets are actually little stones, and they are just little stones with nothing on it. And so what you can do as we're singing in reflection, you can come up to either side of the aisle, and there will be stones available for you. And what you can do is you can take a stone and a marker, and you can go back to your seat, and as you're reflecting, if there are things that came to you, things that you think about that you want to let go as you cross into the new year in 2018, or things that you're thankful for that you want to lay before the Lord from 2017, or even just things that you want to change or you want God to do in your life in, in, in the upcoming year, you can write them down. Uh, on, on a piece of stone that you have and afterwards there will be a basket in the middle up here and you can lay it down and this will be almost like a memorial as a congregation before the Lord of the year 2017 wrapped together and if you don't feel comfortable doing that you are free to stay at the pew and sing together and have a time of reflection about your year and if you think this is a really stupid idea you can pick this take the piece of stone and stone me. Actually, no, don't do that. That's just a joke. But yeah, so you, you are free to do whatever you think that best reflects of your, your year and, and have a time of uh, worship together. You may take a seat. So I can't feel bad that the worship team and the AV team didn't get to do this if they wanted to. So if you want to, you can now go and take a stone and do that exercise as well. Um, so stones are a lot of times being used in Old Testament throughout Genesis, Exodus, or even in Joshua where whenever something amazing that has happened to the people of Israel or when God has done something or commanded them for something, they would take up a bunch of rocks and build an altar and worship the Lord. And so there is something significant when they put a bunch of stones together deliberately. And partly is because Stones to them are something that they can build as a, as a monument almost where they can go back at a later time. Whenever someone travels near that place, they can recognize, oh, this is the place where this thing happened that, the God, uh, that our God did to deliver us. And so, and so as we think about the idea of worship, this is kind of what they used back then uh, as a way to instruct them to worship here because of something that God has done to the lives. And so as we think about the idea of New Year again, coming to 2018, we talked about the idea of New Year's resolution, that as we're trying to pursue this change in our lives, as we're trying to pursue this grace from God, we would start really strong. And then after a short while, our attention span or our desire would fizzle and we end up falling flat on our faces and forget what exactly we did. And then by 
the time December comes, we'll get really beat up about the idea that we fell away and we disappointed whoever that we made that New Year's resolution to. But in the same time, it is in the idea of falling flat on our faces that we're able to pursue grace from God. It is in the idea that as we fall flat on our faces, that we're able to pursue this grace from God. Once again, the idea of... Oh, this is not working. Uh, uh, of stones is something that is not just a place of worshipping, but it's also a memorial. It is a place where we would, whenever see this, we remember what exactly has happened in the past. And so the stone monument becomes a corporate memory. And in the same time, when you look at Joshua 4, when they talked about what happened when they crossed the Jordan River and they built that monument, this is a story that mimics the idea of an etiology which is just a very fancy word from saying stories that explain to people as to where things came from, where things came to be, where ideas are formed. And to them, this is a story that they can tell future generations when their kids and their grandchildren gather around for stories. They can tell them and explain to them why did they cross the Jordan River? Why is there a monument set up and why do we have to worship the Lord whenever we come to this monument. And then they would tell the story about how they crossed the Jordan River, that God was with them the whole time as they crossed this river, that they were able to be dry the whole time as they make that passage into promised land. And likewise, in our time nowadays, with the uh, with the advanced technology. We, we stop using physical memory sometimes. And something that a very famous social media platform does every year is they will have this prompt at the front of your news feed and say, 2017 is coming to an end. Click this link to make a whole collage of the things that happened in your life in the past year, the things that you got the most likes from or, or pictures that were tagged uh, with you on it or, or different types of uh, things that help you remember what has happened the past year. But for us, as a church, we are a community built on memories. The only thing that keeps us going is the memories from our predecessors, the memories from the apostles that have passed on through the traditions of the church, through the Bible that we inherited from the prophets, from the apostles, from the close disciples of Jesus that passed on this memory onto us. And it is through these memories that we're able to build a sense of strength and courage to walk on into the difficult path because through these memories we're reminded that God is the faithful God, that even in trials and in tribulations, we're able to hold on to this God because it, it is the same God that carried these people through in hard times, that this is going to be the same God 
that will do the same thing as we go on to our own challenges in life. But more importantly, you realize that Joshua 4 talks about the idea of Passover once again. The idea that these people were celebrating the festival of Passover. And Passover is no strange thing for people of the Bible or people of the Jewish faith. This is actually the celebration that helped us help them prepare for the new Jewish calendar year. That in the traditional um, traditional culture of the Jewish faith, Passover was kind of their New Year celebration as they embraced that new year. And there are merits to why they do that because back in the day, Passover is the festival that they celebrate when they entered into a new stage of life as a corporate people of God. In Moses' time, it is through Passover that God promised them that they would be delivered out of Egypt. It is in Joshua's time that through Passover, they're promised that they will be able to establish a nation, a nation of of a people group that has their own land and their own um, place of worship for God. And even in the New Testament time, it is through Passover that Jesus reminded us that the new age has come, that through Jesus' death on the cross, that we're able to have salvation. And each of these things are quite symbolic when you look at Moses. It is through Passover, that they are delivered from the bondage of slavery, the physical bondage of slavery. And it is in Joshua, through Passover, that they're delivered through the wilderness, the the lostness of, of not knowing where God will take them, that they are reassured that they will be able to enter into this new land. And the climax is where Jesus' Passover happens, where through Passover, we're reassured and promised that we'll be delivered from the shackles of sin, that we're able to have that new and renewed relationship with God once and for all. And so this is something that they use to worship the God, Jehovah, the most mighty of all the creation. And when we talk about the idea of worship, the Greek word for worship, proskuneo, literally means to fall flat on your face as you worship this being or this God that is in front of you. The word proskuneo is actually a compound word, meaning to go towards and to bow before something or to kneel before something. And it is through this posture of going down into our our front four facing down on on our faces that we're able to submit ourselves to God and let him guide us. In this figurative sense of submitting to God, we're able to to let go of all the distractions 
that lead us elsewhere, anywhere but God, but rather we put our focus at the ground level as to what God is doing in our lives and to put our trust in him. And the analogy is kind of like uh, a story that I heard before where a man was being entrusted in walking a snail. I know, that makes no sense. But just follow, follow along. Okay, so there's a story about a man being told to walk a snail and kind of like you're walking a dog, but you walk a snail. And so at the beginning, he was like, okay, sure, I'll do it. And he would just walk and follow and guide the snail. But <clears throat> and whenever he tries to get the snail to walk in his own pace, as you know, it won't work because the snail would walk at a particular pace. And no matter how hard you tuck the snail or how much you try to persuade or sweet talk the snail into going faster, it's not going to happen. It's still going to walk at that snail pace. And so the man got really frustrated. And he was trying to be in a hurry and said, this is taking so much time. And, and he, he just wants to get to the finish line. But as he grew more impatient and more impatient and more impatient, he somehow had this epiphany. As he was walking the snail, he realized that it wasn't him who was walking the snail. It was actually the snail who was walking him. As the snail was guiding him in this very slow pace, he was able to recognize things around him. He's able to see the beauties of the trees, the smell of flowers, or even the twitching of the birds that were flying near them. He realized that it wasn't until the time to slow down and focus and let the snail guide him that he's able to see how things that seem meaningless or, or, or just mundane are actually things of beauty. And in the same way, it is often that as we go on to this busy life that we focus on the currents that the world is trying to lead us into, that we lose sight on what God is trying to show us. The beauty of the characters of God or the beauty of creation itself or the beauty that was innate that we were created to be, that we lose sight of these things because we were focused so far off into trying to get to the finish line that we forgot that we're created to be in the present and not just in the future. And so as we think about the idea of being strong and courageous, we need to remember that it is in recognizing the very thing that we're putting our strength into the very thing that we are courageous for, that we recognize grace persists with God. That even though things might look very mundane, things might look very dull, things might look very meaningless, that we want to just tread on and just go really fast and get over with it. We, recognize, we forgot to recognize that through all these, grace is in the midst of all that struggle, in the midst of all that 
challenges in the midst of all that uncertainty. And it is also in this grace that Jesus taught us how to be strong and courageous himself. That the greatest strength is not in being physically, mentally, or even intellectually powerful, but it is in the meekness that even though you have all that power, you restrain it to realize that God is the one that would be in control. That God would be the one that would take over. And to have that courage to know that even though you walk in the valley of shadow and death, that you would fear no evil. That this ultimate Lamb of God is willing to go through even death because he trusts that this is the goodness that God wants to bring into this world. And so as we go on in 2018, as we go and live out this life in uncertainty, or perhaps we think 2017 was bad, but maybe 2018 said, hold his apple juice, and he's going to make things even worse for you. We do not have to fear that in the midst of all that uncertainty, doubts, or struggles, that God, just as he has reminded Joshua, he has reminded us that be strong and courageous, for I am with you always. That as we go on to this new year in 2018, we, have, we can hold on to this promise that God has given us, that he will be with us always, in good times, in bad times. And as we come to a close, I just want to share again the story from a testimony that we heard a couple weeks uh, we heard a couple weeks back during our baptism service. That even in adult, sometimes we lose sight of God. And in this little poem that a lady wrote, that as she was walking in the sand alongside of God that even when we lose sight of the footprint that was walking alongside of us, sometimes we forget that God was with us, that even though we don't see him, he was actually the one carrying us along the way to walk that path together. So as we go and live out 2018, let us continue to have this hope and this reassurance that God is with, God is with us. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for the chance to come together in remembrance of what you have done in our lives. As we continue to tread on, as we continue to live on in this upcoming new year, may we put our focus in you. As we continue to be what you have told Joshua, to be strong and courageous in our trust and in our faith in you. May we continue to be reminded that you are with us always. We thank you and in Christ's name we pray.